Ladies and gentlemen, how do? Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club, a new podcast aimed at bringing creative minds together. Mondo Street is about sharing the creative process, discussing the highs and lows, and talking about how we cope when the creative genie eludes us. Pull up your comfy chair, put on your best headphones, and enjoy the next hour. Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club. In this episode, I'm joined by comedian and illustrator, uh, Matt Reed. Matt, good evening. Good evening indeed. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you today? I am, I want, you know what? I've had a tattoo today and uh, it feels like I've been punched in the arm repeatedly. Oh, but, uh, no. <laughs> Was it a, a large or a small tattoo? It's, uh, it's about palm size on the top of my massive bicep. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you laughing at? It's massive. Uh, and, uh, I was waiting for you to actually show me the. There's a, there's one that caught my eye, which was a series for the uh, succession characters. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you'll have some more ammunition by the end of this series. God, oh my, I cannot believe how good that program is. <laughs> it's we watched it last night. The, yeah. the, that episode tore me apart. Uh, like I was. Like, mm. Yeah, God, it's such a good show. It's, it's really well written, and uh, oh, just, just when you think that. Um, they might have a single ounce of humanity left. They yeah. go, they go and say, "Nah." Yeah, I. You're going. Oh, actually, you know what? He might just no. He's just kicked the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the puppy goes and kicks a cat, and it, yeah. it just escalates onwards. And, and then he invests in it in, in, in some sort of deep sea, like a deep sea pollution company. Yeah. Not not even creating anything, just making a mess of the ocean yeah. for the money. Oh, it's, it's insane. It's it really is. How's comedy been since the pandemic then? Well, I've just been so grateful that um that I've I've been enjoying every gig more. It's it's like um you know that um if a man has a gun to his head and then he, he survives, then his next breakfast that tastes like the best yeah. breakfast he's ever had. It was like that, because I honestly when the pandemic hit, I don't think I've ever been as low. Like I was I was at the. I was on the bottom. Yeah. It was horrible, yeah. horrible. Like the idea where like all, everything you've worked for for the past ten. Well, actually, it'll be about eighteen years at that point. Everything you've worked for for eighteen years to get anywhere and do the job you love, that's gone. Yeah. Unlucky. And the government was like as much use as tits on a fish. Yeah. Like there was just a. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I can't begin to tell you how much I hate the Tories, yeah. but um. You're in good company. Oh God, I I would watch every one of them drown. Um, and like I was like, I was just ending up like retrain, and I was like, how how dare you? How dare like? And I was so angry all the time. And then when I got out of it, and like I always remember like my first gig without restrictions because I was doing like gigs with restrictions. And to be honest, it was a, it was a fascinating. The way people tried to get round stuff was incredible. Like I was doing gigs in Rayton Arena. And they had like a five thousand tent, and they were like limiting it, like a thousand. Yeah. So like, there was tables with chalk lines around where you yeah. weren't allowed to go, yeah. and then people were just fetching them beers, like <laughs> some of them. Right, here's your beer. And um, but it was, it was when I got out of it, and I finally started doing the comedy clubs that I couldn't travel to before. I mean, I've never like the elation was yeah. just like so good. 
was so much good. And then there was there was a period when everything was like, everyone's fine now, you can leave, you can do what you want to do. There was a period when no one understood what was going on and it was so confusing, but at the same time, like I mean, the amount of jokes about the pandemic, like there's still people now going, uh, ooh, "Are we okay after lockdown?" He's like, you might want to update a bit, but yeah. <laughs> what's the um, what's the best best heckle you've ever had thrown at you? Well, I've ever had. I actually use because if it's a good heckle and it's not just your shit or get off or out like that. If someone's actually thought about it, or they're funny enough, then even if it's a shit joke that works at the time. Last I was, I was doing the comedy store. There was a lad in London. Was a lad at the front, and he, he trained blind dogs, oh, okay. like he trained guide dogs for the blind. Not blind. He didn't train blind. Dogs. What point? What a point! To give this blind dog to this blind man. Wow. I mean, don't get us wrong. Blind dogs have every right to be trained. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> but there's a good block of trained guy dogs from the blind and I went oh that's lovely and someone at the back went didn't see that coming uh, I was like oh but it was so well timed yeah. that the whole crowd went <laughs> and I went you know what yeah. that was well timed yeah. and I gave and he got the round of applause I love stuff like yeah. that I love like I've seen like, too, the, the, some of the bits I use on stage are like a genuine genuine hells I've had yeah. uh, but like one of them there's a lad that um, was a Geordie lad at Leeds Junglers years ago and uh, he shouted out he goes here I went, what? He went, you look like you've just escaped from Jumanji. <laughs> I, like, I, I can't argue. That's oh, brilliant. That is clever, that, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. And, um, but, uh, I mean, like, the, the best heckle I ever saw, and it, it, I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was horrible, because it was just an idiot in the crowd. He was a moron, but the heckle was so, he didn't think it through. It wasn't clever on his part. It was just so unescapable, what he said. It was Paul Sinner, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, Sinner. Of Paul, he's one of my favorite people on the set. He's absolutely brilliant, and he's one of the best comics. He's so clever, he's so quick. But this absolute story was years ago. It was Leeds Junglers again, and uh, it was me, Tom Steer, John Mann, and Sinner. Uh, Sinner uh, Steer was closing. I was on first, and Sinner was in the middle because he used to have two acts break, headline act, and uh, and me and John Mann are very joke, 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 and and Sinner's very like. Uh, explainy and like uh, and uh, and uh, anyway he came on and he started he goes I'm a I'm a I'm a Bengali man from I'm a doctor I, I used to be a GP uh, it was I'm a I'm a gay man it was very hard to come out with my parents because of the culture and, and this lad just stands up and goes yeah mate what are you doing and uh, Paul goes what do you mean he goes you just telling the stories about your life <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was absolutely bang on. <laughs> and how did Paul respond to that though? Well, he, not well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I think he still has that as like one of his least favorite gigs of all time. Oh. But yeah, and he came. I think he came off a bit early. He went down to the green room, and I came down, and he, he says he says he remembers me coming in, just going, "Paul, I know that was horrible. That was one of the funniest things." Ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next night, he absolutely destroyed the place. Yeah. He absolutely took the roof off. Wow. Hello and welcome to Mondo Street Social Club. Today I am joined by Johnny Flores, owner founder of Flores Podcast Productions, all the way from Sacramento in California. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Great. How are you? You well? I Yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm uh, overall really happy and uh, doing well <laughs> right now. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. 
you help people to produce podcasts. How did you get into that line of work? Because it's, I don't think it's something that you went through school and went, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a podcast producer. No, in fact, yeah, uh, I was well into my 30s when I started doing podcasting. Um, yeah, it, it was completely by accident. I had a neighbor who lived across the street from me um, at my old the old house I used to rent. Um, and uh, I, I was always into nerdy stuff. And he had approached me and said, you know, hey, would you want to do a podcast? So this was around 10,000. 2011 somewhere around there and i had just started listening to podcasts from um how did this get made uh, i was listening to that podcast pretty heavily and um i was like sure what what do we what do you want to do and he's like i don't know you you come up with the idea <laughs> um i was like okay how do we do it he goes well don't worry about that all I, i've got all the equipment just figure out what you want to do so um we I kind of thought about it, you know, in keeping in line with my nerdiness. I had thought, oh, well, I'll do kind of a nerdy roundtable podcast, like pop culture nerd stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I invited a couple friends on, and we did that for uh, almost two years. And then people, because we were in our early 30s, late 20s, uh, people started getting married and having kids. And I was just having a harder and harder time getting people on the podcast that I had come to really enjoy having on the podcast, my friends and call, you know, people I'd met through, through kind of nerdy stuff. And, um, and I had made every mistake you could possibly make with that podcast, like not posting episodes regularly and, and just, yeah, just everything you could do wrong with the podcast I did with that one. And so at, after about a year and a half, two, two years, uh, we stopped it and I kind of sat on it for a little while. And I thought, well, if I, if I do another one, I want it to just be me. Cause it's so much easier to manage the production. If it's just mm -hmm. me and a guest, like I'll just have one guest on, um, and being in Sacramento, well, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, how the, the, we're so close to the Bay area. We're, we're always like, kind of in the shadow of the Bay Area and um, a lot of bands, bigger acts will skip over Sacramento and just mm -hmm. go straight to San Francisco. A lot of comedians will do that too. They won't even play in SAC. They'll just go right to to the to San Francisco or or Oakland. And there there wasn't a lot of like self love in the city for the city. And and I and I I love living here. Um, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do a podcast about Sacramento. I'll have people on that I've met. I, I used to be a freelance illustrator and artist, uh, like as a side gig. And, and I thought, okay, I'll start having those people on. Cause I met all these amazing people who were doing really neat, creative things and making Sacramento so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I had, I started having them on and the, this was in 2014 and the podcast just took off right away within the second year, third year, somewhere in there, it was getting several hundred downloads. And by the third year, it was a few thousand. Wow. Um, yeah. And this was early in the podcasting, you know, serial hadn't even, I don't think was even out at that point yet, which really broke the door open mm -hmm. on podcasting. And um, yeah. And the show just got really popular and, and 
uh, I did the show from 2014 to 2019. And during the course of the show, previous guests that I had on or people that had made, become friends of it through the podcast were starting to move up in their careers. And we're now in sort of in charge of things or they were team leaders. And um, they started asking me to help them create a podcast for their companies that they were managing. And I didn't even know, I, like, I remember my first friend who asked me to do that. She's like, what do you think you could do it for? And I'm like, I don't know. I have, I have no clue. What What do you think I should do it for? She goes, could you do it for $1,500? I was like, sure. Yeah, that's, I would love to make a podcast for $1,500. And um, so she asked me to send her an invoice and I told her, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to write an invoice. So she helped write me. She kind of, she kind of helped co-author my first invoice that I just ended up handing right back to her. And, yeah. Um, and that really got the ball rolling. Um, that was in 2016 and in 2018, I left my job. I, I had a job. I was, it was kind of a toxic work environment. I was ready okay. to just ready to move on to something else. And, uh, my girlfriend really encouraged me for several months, quit your job and, and just do this. People are asking you to help. I was kind of known in Sacramento as the podcasting guy. And, um, yeah, that, that's how, that's how. I founded my company and got going. That you know, you actually learn so much more about people than you expect to. Yeah, I've met so many. I mean, I've done at this point thousands of interviews. Yeah. You know, sitting, fly on the wall, or conducting them, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I've just met amazing people over the years. I, I've made. I, I go to here. Uh, here in the United States, we have podcast movement. That's sort of the big podcast convention. And um, I've made amazing friends yeah. through that, made amazing connections, met wonderful, really just down to earth, good, decent people through that, through podcasting too. I've, I've just, in my city of Sacramento here, I've made tons of friends and met really neat people. I'm now in a stage where I mentor a lot of new freelancers. So I'm, I'm meeting people that way too just uh, through, you know, going out and saying hi and being asked to speak at things. And um, it's it's been, an, I've met amazing people through podcasting. I love yeah. the community. Tonight, I'm joined by Scott from Slazarus. Uh, Slazarus are a two-piece from Brighton. I think it's fair to say more towards the, uh, the heavy rock end, Scott. Yeah, so I think that's fair to say. Yeah, good, good, good. So, Scott, we'll, we'll kick off with um, why Slazarus? Okay, why the name? I know why, but not, not <laughs> everyone else does. Um, and talk to me about how you, you got this this very powerful two-piece together. Uh, well, so Slazarus. So um, my, my name is, uh, well, my family's original surname is Lazarus, okay. um, which uh, actually originates from the uh, Ukraine. So my great, great, great great grandfather <laughs> yeah. his name was a uh, wolf lazarus wow um uh and uh emigrated over to england in the 1890s okay. um which were obviously was part of the uh i don't know what it was in the russian federation mm. um but he was he was he was uh ukrainian uh he came over uh the family continued to use the the name Lazarus up until 
uh, up until the 1950s. So my dad was born with the name Lazarus, mm-hmm. um, and they had it changed in the 1950s, um, mainly because he at school he was having kind of issues because it's it's a it's a, a Jewish surname um and and he was having quite a bit of aggravation Mm. um so they decided to change the uh surname to uh to an an english surname which is lester um um spelled l-e-s-t-e-r and the reason they changed it to lester was because it was where my grandparents met (laughs) in the town of lester but they didn't use the spelling um (laughs) Uh, and um, musically speaking, I've been kind of wanting to reclaim uh, the name, yeah. really, reclaim the surname. Um, so I've kind of performed as a as a yeah as a solo artist mm-hmm. um, uh, under the name Scott Lazarus, and and um, when we were talking about you know me and the, a drum playing together we said well you know you got s for scott uh, lazarus so it's you know s lazarus or slazarus and 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 that's how it's kind of stuck from there really fantastic i've got i've got to say your great 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 grandfather has got the most rock and roll name of all amazing it's amazing I just imagine him some really big burly oh, yeah. guy with a big beard <laughs> and, an, and, an, and an axe yeah. ready to cut down a tree somewhere. Yeah. Um, it probably wasn't like that at all, but uh, which is <laughs> which rather funny though that um, his son he named his son Henry, which is about mm-hmm. as uh, which is about as normal as you could. Get. It really isn't. It? It's it's kind of like he, he would be the the accountant for the band while your grandfather will be up front. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that comes across when you look at your lyrics and when you listen to you performing them, that there is a real emphasis on lyrics. You know, the, the, the music seems to be taking care of itself as it's rolling along in the background. And, you, and it's almost as if you've, you've concentrated on lyrics just that little bit more than the next person. Yeah, it's, it's, always, been, it's always been that thing that I've always cared about um, really deeply. And, and the, the 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 first the first um artists that really really struck me in terms of lyrics and it's very different from the style that we play but um Simon Garfunkel Paul Simon um I remember you know being kind of 14 years old and hearing the sound of silence um which is you know one of the most amazing lyrics ever written and and just the kind of depth of depth of lyrics and and how and kind of how i connect to that at that age you know feeling uh quite isolated and and lonely and 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 so music became about the lyrics and and a way of kind of expressing you know my own feelings and observations mm. and so and so it's always been it's always been the driving kind of focus for me um with 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 uh with the music tonight i'm joined by paramore gb evening all Evening. Evening. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me tonight, everyone. Um, wow, it's it's kind of like a little bit weird. It's like the Brady Bunch having all these faces in front of me. Um, so if anybody knows that song, join in. 
Uh, first question for you all. Oh, actually, I should read out who you are. Uh, Lisa on vocals. Uh, Josh uh -huh. on bass. Hello. Hello. Uh, Joe on rhythm guitar. Hello. Uh, Dan on drums. And Jay on lead guitar. That's it. <laughs> the gang's all here. And believe me, the technical trouble we've had getting here, the gang's all here. So, Paramore GB, mm. okay, so you are um, a, a tribute act for the great and mighty Paramore, uh, a, a band that is held great affection by many, many, many people. What inspired you? What said, what, what was it about them that made you go, that's the band for us? Um, I'll, I think we should probably throw this over to Lisa because she's the <laughs> founding member, should we yeah. say? <laughs> yeah, so um, I've always been into like pop punk music since I was at school. Um, and then I also did a lot of musical theatre. So I like the I like the beltiness of vocals and Hayley just mixes in all of that together, really. Paramore songs are just amazing as they are putting Hayley Williams in the mix with her vocals and her belt, her stage presence is just, yeah, it's insane. I, I think um, when I started, I just threw out a Facebook post of just, uh, does anyone fancy covering some Paramore band that tribute music? Well, that's, why not? I think I, um, I think I shared one of their MTV unplugged, unplugged um, recordings. Yeah. Yeah. Do Paramore know about Paramore GB? Um, I, I wish. <laughs> if they do. What, what do you mean they don't know about you? <laughs> um, I don't know. To be fair, maybe they do. Because they're, they're only human, aren't they? They, they scroll through Instagram. And, yeah. They're, they're very active, aren't they, on social? So they, are. yeah, they might yeah. have seen oh, us yeah. somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, you know. If, if you need a bass player at any point, <laughs> no, I, I love you all to bits, but yeah. if you just need me to debt for a night, let me know. I'll be more than happy to do that. Somebody, <laughs> is somebody putting a transfer request in there? Yeah. Oh, I'd never leave. Oh, I don't know. I, I, dear me. Um, well, may, maybe that should be our um, 23, 24 mid-years resolution to get Paramore to know about Paramore GB. So apart from that, then you've got your uh, Instagram account, which you're very active on, which is Paramore GB or at Paramore GB. Anywhere else people can get in touch with you? Uh, Facebook, YouTube. Yep. We have TikTok yep. now. We're we're uh, we're down with the kids, <laughs> as it were. Down with the kids. Um, <laughs> down yeah. with the kids. Um, I think that's everywhere. Oh, we have got threads. We have yeah. got threads. Oh, you got threads as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan's throwing gang signs behind. Him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think he's. I think he's transferring yeah. to Iron Maiden next week. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than more than welcome. Um, I'm here by accident, actually. So <laughs> I never knew I wanted to be a writer, which is crazy, isn't it? Because lots of writers just say, oh, I've been writing for years. I wrote my first book when I was five. Yeah. Um, but no, I never knew what I wanted to be. So I never went to university. Um, I liked uh, drama, but um, I lacked the confidence. 
Um, I liked art, but um, I was never very good at fine art. So I liked the modernist kind of splashes of colour. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm not going to go anywhere with that. Uh, I loved writing, but I'm not sure whether it's the stationery I liked more or the actual writing. <laughs> Love stationery. Yeah. Um, so at an early age, I was attracted to office jobs, in administrative jobs. So um, yeah, I've been a receptionist, um, an administration assistant. Um, I was a valuation consultant for a new homes developer. Okay. Um, and then I really wanted to be a PA. That was like my dream job yeah. in my 20s. Um, and I actually managed it. So I ended up being um, a personal assistant and the office manager at the Lee School in Cambridge. Okay. So it's a very prestigious store. And it's actually, yeah, one of my favourite jobs. Um, well, before writing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I started a fun educational blog on Facebook. Um, and I just wanted to support, support and help other parents because I thought that maybe I wasn't the only one feeling a bit anxious about it. Yeah. And it actually turned out to be quite a success. Um, so that is what inspired me to carry on writing children's books. There's something in there that people found entertaining and that's what books are. They should be entertaining. They shouldn't be too preachy. Mm -hmm. they, should, they should entertain and then also combine a message as well if you ask any writer what would make them feel successful it would be um different for every writer for me as you say because i'm so new my dream my aspiration is to be a published author so to see my book on a shelf in a bricks and mortar bookshop and then to see a complete stranger pick it up and buy it and want to want to buy it that for me would be success you mentioned yeah. writer's block. Has that has that crossed your path yet? Um, I know that was going to come up because <laughs> uh, that's the theme of the interview, isn't it? It's it's stumbling over difficulties. But you know what? So many writers are going to hate me. I, I don't actually get it. Um, I have the opposite problem where I have so many ideas and so many projects and I just can't write them down quick enough. Um, so I struggle with the feeling of being overwhelmed rather than writer's block. And I think the, the ideal answer would be, I read a book um, or I go for a walk or I talk to a friend um, or free writing where you, you time yourself for 10 minutes and you just write constantly. Um, the actual answer is, yeah, I have a mini meltdown. <laughs> I, I do stress cleaning. Um, I have a bit of a cry. I'm a bit of a cry, I'm quite an emotional person. Um, I beat myself up at the gym. So that, that's my way of um, getting rid of my frustrations. Mm -hmm. And I rewrite my to-do list. So I reprioritize all the time because life gets in the way of writing. Um, it's not like going to an office nine to five and then coming back and, and being out of your writer's mind. You're constantly thinking about writing. So I'm constantly reprioritizing. And then I just take one step at a time. Yeah, I start to slow down because you only get overwhelmed if you're trying to do too much, which... I always do. So, yeah, I just slow down. Hi, Billy. How are you today? I'm very well, very well, very well. Very excited, oh. uh, despite the fact the weather is minging outside. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. it is where you are. It, it's, it's starting to decline quicker than my uh, my sleep pattern. It's, it's oh, no. really, really not good. I was going to say it's declining quicker than my career. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, the way the rain was off this morning when I stopped by the graveyard to visit it. <laughs> so, 
oh, I need to go back to the fringe. I've got a new show. I need to go back to the fringe. And uh, so this year was great because I was really, really busy and uh, I had a clear head. I was getting inverted brackets full night sleeps, uh, which for me isn't, isn't long. I don't need a lot of sleep, but I do need sleep. Uh, and uh, no, it was great this year. I was doing uh, my work in progress show called, um, I want to get this right because it changed this year, didn't it? Uh, was it energetic this year? It was energetic this year. <laughs> was it energetic this year? I had two shows buzzing. Okay. It was buzzing, buzzing. this year. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're no. energetic, but the show was buzzing. Yes, yeah. It, the thing is, I, I had two shows back to back, which kind of had similar names for some reason. I think I was going for a trilogy or a yeah, franchise. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I think that's what I was going for. <laughs> uh, so I did Buzz in this year, which was a work in progress, which was really good because uh, I got to say bye bye to a whole bunch of material that I've been doing for a while and kind of started blooding in new stuff. And when you get to do that for like 25 days, you really start getting an idea as to what you're kind of doing creatively and i'm entering this kind of new exciting sort of creative phase of my career which i'm, I'm quite excited about so i was doing that i was doing a show called show me your tattoo which was a uh, the world's first ever stand-up comedy improv chat tattoo show okay. um which nobody really knew it's been a show which i've done before and has always been really successful but nobody really knew that this was kind of the farewell to that show like this was i'm not going to do it again it's done um we had a great run we, it might take other forms like it might become like a podcast or it might become a, a documentary or something but it's that's it done and then the rest of it i was just having fun hosting a pick of the fringe every day and doing a show called an englishman irishman and scotsman and surprisingly <laughs> enough i was the scotsman in that show so i just wanted to pick up on something you said then you, you said that you you said goodbye to some material yeah how does that feel like what does that feel like because obviously you've, you've been working that material from inception yeah. through to it being crowd ready and then refining yeah. it as you've been giving it out to, to the audience. What's yeah, it, yeah. What does it feel like when you say goodbye to it? Is it like a kid going off to university or? I think it's a little like that. I mean, it's, a, it's I guess it's a never say never kind of a thing. Like, but I, I don't, I can't speak for other, I mean, I wish that I was, I, I was a, a like, some of the comics, like I was able to be unbelievably scripted with that fabulous memory recall that so many comics seem to have. Uh, but I don't, and I, 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 for me, it's like if I stop doing it for a while, chances are I'll, I will just forget it. Right. Like I will just, it's kind of, I don't feel the same about it, even if I did try and bring it back. So um, it's quite sad, but I think it also forces you to, to move forward a little um which uh it might not be as easy as you'd like to think it is i mean uh, i i see some comics you know coming to the fringe every year with like a brand new spanking new hour that they've never told anyone and, and you know they take the month to get that ready and that used to be what the fringe was about yeah yeah that used to be what what the fringe was um i mean i've learned this from other comics like before the generation or two generations before me that it used to be you basically turned up at edinburgh with a blank page and that was you working the show for a month that was the show that got buzz you'd be the awards or whatever reviews what have you at the end and that was the show you took on tour uh but now people are turning up at the fringe having like previewed it since i mean some people are going to start edinburgh previews i guarantee before the end of the year for next, next year's year. show yeah yeah i never really uh accepted that i might be my best asset because i always turn up uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm always very motivated. Like I never figured, like 
Or maybe I should just do and you always say something yes on my as own. Well, even to go into Tulsa. So, you know, you. Well, that's it. You know what I mean? And I, I usually am quite. I find myself very easy to deal with. <laughs> In this episode, I'm joined by Victoria Simmons, singer, songwriter, actor, and voiceover artist. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Um, music's always been in my life because my dad is actually, um, I, he won't like me saying amateur musician, but uh, he does get paid for it. So how much amateur you want to call him? It's, um, so I did grow up knowing that music was a potential career, whether it was doing the same as he did, or maybe taking it that little bit further. So I did a lot of music and drama when I was younger and, it was probably more music, but then I v- ventured into costumes and theatre. The theatre grew into my love of musical theatre. And from that, I did more straight acting and took the music away. Yeah. And once I'd done so much musical theatre, I thought, I've got all these songs that I've written down that I, I want to put out there to other people. Many it was just recording that for myself to start with and mm-hmm. then yeah. putting it out for other people. Um, but it suddenly dawned on me that I could do this. Um, it was in COVID that I really thought, you know what, I've got all these songs, no one's listening to them. You know, I'll pop them out there, just see what happens. Um, and then also, During one part of lockdown, I realized that I couldn't go out and do any more shows, couldn't Mm -hmm. go and record anything else. So I thought, I've got my small system at home. Let's use it and do voiceovers. So I did. (laughs) So who would then, so if if you've got that love of, of musicals and you've got a lot of musical influences within the family, who would you say are your main musical influences when you're, writing when you're trying to put that sense into the song you know the song's going to go this way it's going to sound like that I want it to be produced in a fashion who would you say are your main influences I don't think I have a main influence I mean everybody will always ask you what's your main artist and I I've got so much history from the 1920s 1940s um all the way up to modern music that I try and listen to the song almost mm-hmm. um if there are words in the song um that i've written and it just comes to a, a melody in my head whether that's a rock music or a 60s ballad or something like that the the lyrics and the tune in my head s- say what it's going to be so it could be any of them <laughs> yeah 